Hello, my name is Donnie Smith, and I'm the pastor here at Ascension Christian Center in Apopka, Florida. I hope this message changes, impacts, and challenges you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you enjoy the message, you can connect with us on our website, Facebook, or Instagram at Ascension Christian Center. Thank you, and enjoy. I'm going to be going to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. I'm going to be reading verses 25 through 34. But before we do, we're going to say this Bible declaration. Everybody say this in concert, nice and loud. Say, this is the infallible, undisputed, and inerrant word of God. Today, we open up. I open up. My heart, mind, spirit, and soul to receive from its truth. God, I thank you that fruit will abound to my account as a result of reading, hearing, and applying your word to every area of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you can, remain standing. I'm going to go ahead and read this verse starting at chapter 25. And it says this, Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. And she had suffered many things from many physicians. In other words, I'm assuming that she had different procedures done. She had paid a lot of money to these doctors. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. And when she heard about Jesus, everybody say she heard about Jesus. She came behind him. I love the tenacity of this woman. She came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. Now, you have to understand that she was not supposed to be there in the crowd. A woman who had an issue of blood, which would mean she was, she had lady issues. She was hemorrhaging. That's what the Bible is basically saying. And if you had that type of problem in that particular culture, you were, if you bled or had a baby, if a woman had a baby, um, they were not allowed to go to the synagogue or the church for seven days because you were unclean according to Jewish tradition. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. There were also other things. We won't get into it. If you had touched a dead body or things like that, you weren't allowed. You needed seven days of what they call purification. Uh, but she wasn't supposed to be there that day. She broke every religious rule. If I could just, I'm going to just stop right there. Just remain standing. I know your knees want to sit down, but I just, I just felt something on that. Sometimes in order to get God's attention, don't sin. Everybody say, don't sin. But sometimes you have to break religious traditions. Amen. And that's what Jesus did. So she, she was somewhere where she should not have been. And the Bible says she rather grew, she grew worse. And she heard about Jesus. And she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I may only touch his clothes, I shall be made well. And immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, I love how, I love how it gives specificity to the fact that Jesus wasn't paying attention to her. Immediately, the fountain of blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out from him, turned around to the crowd and said, Who did touch my clothes? And but his disciples said to him, You see the multitudes thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing, but the woman, fearing and trembling, she had a reason to fear and tremble. She wasn't supposed to be there. Knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. I'm going I'm to make that universal. Everybody say son and daughter. Look at somebody and say that. Son and daughter, depending on who you're looking at. Make sure you don't tell a woman to call her son now. You make sure it's a male you talk to. Say, your faith has the ability to make you well. Look at somebody else and say, faith is another key to your freedom and wholeness and breakthrough. And he goes on to say to her, 
daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Be healed of your affliction. And everybody say amen. amen. For the concluding of reading God's word, you may have your seats. You know, I've, I've been meditating on this uh, verse of scripture um, since about Thursday, I guess, just, just kind of chewing on it. That's when, I, when I'm trying to put a sermon together, so to speak, I, I, I try to just chew on it and marinate it. I mean, how many like steak? You understand what I mean by marination. Words are not very good if they're either found online or just, you know, regurgitated. But sometimes you have to get a verse and just marinate you know, just let it marinate in your spirit and in your heart and just, and just chew on it. And that's what I've been doing um, for the past few days. And I, w- I want to elaborate a little bit on this scripture. And I, I believe like the Lord was, was sharing with me a few things. I was trying to get the mind of the Lord. Like, what was your perspective in this matter? Like, Jesus knows all things, yet he's not paying any attention to this person. And sometimes it feels like that in our lives, that, that God is not paying attention to you. You're near him, you go to church, but he's not paying attention. Can I, can I be, please don't judge me, don't judge me. I have been in services, I don't recommend this, I have been in services where I was rece- basically receiving a word from the Lord, but I was so frustrated because I kept getting word after word after word. Do you know what I mean by word, like a prophetic word? Everybody say prophetic word. Like I was dealing with a situation and the Lord would use the pastor, my pastor, to speak an encouraging word. But when I kept looking at my situation, I would get frustrated at God. Like I hear you encouraging me, but you're not doing this thing. You're ignoring me. You've never felt like that? I have literally, I remember in my early years, I was going to church. I was probably in my early 20s. And I remember one specific service. I've never told you this, mom. I literally got up and walked out of the service. I was so mad. I was stomped out of that service. He was, the Lord was literally correcting me and encouraging me. And because I wasn't seeing it, I said, I'm leaving. I repented that I came back on Thursday night Bible study, but I walked out of the sanctuary. I was just so upset because I knew I was close enough to Jesus to get him to do what I was believing him for, but he wasn't working on my behalf. Now, that's the frustrating thing. I think that many of us could, could, could um, deal with it if we, if we just knew Jesus wasn't there, but to know that he's there and not moving on our behalf, I think we could probably deal with that. But when you know he's on your row and he's blessing the person that's next to you and yet you're not receiving blessing, it kind of gets a little frustrating. When you know like Jesus is in the vicinity, yet you're not changing my situation. And most people, here's what I've learned about when I've walked with the Lord now over 20 years, that most people don't receive all that God has for them simply because they stop reaching. They, they stop reaching or are reaching for the wrong things, for their healing or their breakthrough or the miracle that they know God has spoke to them. And, and it's not because God has run out of what we need, okay? That, that's not the reason why he's not moving on your behalf. I want you to look at someone right now and I want you to say, God has not run out of what you need. And it's easy to think that. God's not working on my behalf because he's maybe ran out of blessing. Can you imagine God looking frantically in his pockets trying to figure out how to pay your bills? Like, I wonder how I'm gonna do this one. I mean, after all, in Psalms, he said he he owns cattle on a thousand hills. I mean, it's funny because some people almost act like God has run out of power. He, he doesn't run out of power. He, he doesn't run out of miracles. He doesn't, he doesn't run out of peace. All of that comes in abundance, even this morning. If you will lay hold of it by faith, if you'll push the crowds, if you'll push, sometimes crowds aren't physical people. Like the room's not packed right now, so it's not like you gotta work through the crowd. But sometimes your crowd is your head. Sometimes your crowd is your lack or you don't have finances or sometimes your crowd is the bitterness that you're holding towards a friend or a spouse or a coworker. And so sometimes, I just feel that from the Lord, sometimes you have to press through crowds symbolically in order to get to Jesus. 
Everybody say, mind, mind. get out of my way. Unbelief, Unbelief. come on, say it with authority. Get out of my way. Yeah, so God, God doesn't run out of strength. The Bible says that he is omnipotent, meaning all-powerful. He doesn't run out of money. He doesn't just run out of favor. He doesn't run out of more of himself if that's what you're in this place for this morning. Because it looks different for all of us. Like some of us may not need money, but we need peace or joy or some strength for tomorrow. Or we need grace to go to work tomorrow. Come on, or we need the power or giftings to fulfill that which God has called us to. Power to run a business. Come on, power, come on, to live holy. Oh, that'll preach this morning. Don't worry, I'll get to that part just in a minute. But God doesn't run out. Imagine, imagine if this, if this lady would have stayed home on Sunday morning. I don't know if it was Sunday. That's probably a little bit of heresy. It could have been a Thursday night prayer meeting. I don't know. But, but you get what I'm saying. And if you, if you talk to my wife for the past three and a half years, now I don't know how many Sundays that is. That's a lot of Sundays. What is it? How many weeks in a year? 52 times three and a half. How many Sundays is that? And I think I've missed one or two, maybe. But every... I, I get up every Sunday just to give you a glimpse into my heart and my mind. And you can ask my wife is, and I think she left. You belong in the front row, by the way. This is the splash section right here if you want to. I, I get up most Sunday mornings. You can ask her or, or Saturday nights. And I, and I said this for three and a half years. This could be the day. This could be the day. This could be the day for what? I, I don't, for me, this could be the day where I have to give up my full-time job and I have to host revival night and day for the next several years. This could be the day that God breaks through and does something that wrecks my mind. I mean, he came all the way out of the way to bother me to start pastoring a church. So I'm praying and believing that it's gonna be something good. But, but imagine after 12 years, she hasn't got it, Paula. She still, what, what I, what's so admirable about this lady is all those disappointments. Like she's tried everything. I'm assuming she's been in to all those supernatural meetings. She's been to Catherine Crick meetings. She's been to Joyce Myers meetings. She's been to leadership meetings. She's been to prayer meetings. She spent all of her livelihood. I'm trying to be practical, but she's gone through all the, the religious rhetoric and done everything that she could do and yet grew worse. And, and what so admirable is she's still reaching. Look at somebody and say, it's a miracle that I'm still here today. There's some of you who have pain in your body and you being here this morning, you, get, you know what you're doing? You're still reaching. Even though you might be disappointed and God hasn't worked on your timetable or on your divine schedule, you being here is still reaching. You with all of those thoughts going through your head, the enemy telling you you shouldn't get out of bed. If God didn't do it last Sunday, he's not going to do it this Sunday. That's a sign that God, that's faith. God put that inside of you. He is helping your arm, you not even knowing it. He's helping you reach because he knows that your miracle is in your reach. <laughs> Look at somebody and say, keep reaching. I keep thinking for three and a half years, and it's been longer than that. I've been pastoring more than that, but as a pastoring this particular church, I was an associate pastor for a couple of years before that. But, but I keep saying things like, maybe, just maybe, this could be the day that God makes 430 Wymore Road his residence for a little while. Or make this his habitation. I'm like, Lord, give me something even more. We see Azusa. We see Topeka, Kansas. These are revival uh, landmarks. But God, do something to shake this city. And you, listen, in order to get your miracle, sometimes you have to outweigh the devil. Do you, under, you understand what I mean? You have to outweigh him. Outweigh him. If your healing hasn't come, outweigh Sometimes you got to outweigh you. God hasn't done it yet. I'm going to still show up just to make myself mad, die to myself a little bit more. You, sometimes you have to outweigh yourself. Sometimes you have to outweigh your enemy. Sometimes you have to outweigh storms. I, I work in the painting industry, and sometimes that's what I have found out. Sometimes you have to outweigh 
the weather because trouble doesn't last always. Those circumstances that you're dealing with right now will not last always. Sickness in the name of Jesus in your life will not last always. Poverty will not last always. But I can preach to you only to encourage you just enough to get you to keep on reaching, keep moving forward, keep pressing through the crowds of unbelief, keep pressing through the crowds of pain, keep pressing through the crowds of unbelief and all those things that try to hinder you from receiving the miracle of God in your life. I want you to look at somebody this morning. I want you to say this. I refuse to allow my circumstances to make me run out of reach. Because most people don't run. See, God doesn't run out. He doesn't. Like I just told you, he doesn't run out of blessings, miracles, uh, favor, money, any of those things. But you know what runs out? Our reach. Listen, if the enemy, I've learned this about the enemy. This is personal experience. I'm not giving you something just out of scripture, although it is scriptural. I I have I have I have learned and I and I am still I'm still I'm still learning that let me just say it this way you cannot you you cannot run out of reach let me just keep let me just drive that home say don't run out of reach God doesn't run out of his favor and his blessings we run out of reach because of hopelessness because it's been that way for so long. Sometimes we're stuck in these certain sin cycles. Sometimes we're stuck in a certain circumstance. Sometimes our body hasn't been healed yet. So what happens is if the enemy cannot get you to sin, he'll get you to run out of reach. That was, that's what I was going to say. Do you understand? He will get you to run out. He'll get you tired. If he can't get you to sleep with Lottie Dottie and somebody... If he can't get you to lie on your taxes, come on, just look straight now. I didn't say straight. I said straight. That's how we talked where I grew up. I grew up in Pine Hills. We said straight. Y'all don't know nothing about that. Only the hood people are laughing right now. I'm with you. Straight. If he cannot get you in habitual sin, I, I said run out of reach. Let me just say, let me, for, for others of you, it, it, that's too trendy because I'm young. He will get you hopeless. He'll get you to just exist. He'll get you to just show up to church sometimes. Yeah, because the Bible says that, that, that a desire unfulfilled makes the heart sick. And when you get sick in your heart, I'm too sick to reach sickness in the heart will enable your reach. It will, it, 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 will, it will cripple your ability to reach. Look at somebody and say, today, you're going to get your reach back. Say, I prophetically declare that over you. Sometimes it's just declaring an encouraging word. That's prophetic. Prophetically release that by faith in Jesus' name. In, in other words, in other words, I know, I know this scripture that we just read in Mark. It says, and he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. The DSV version, I, I just wrote it uh, last night. It says, your reach has made you well. Say, my reach is about to make me well. What do I mean by reaching? It's something that you, yes, that you muster up. Jesus wasn't mustering up that faith in her. She had to muster something up and dare to believe that God could still work in her behalf. No matter what she has seen, I'm sure she has seen divorce. I'm sure she has seen sickness. And if it was a he, I'm sure he's seen disappointment after disappointment and betrayal. He didn't have a father, but yet he or she still reached out to Jesus. I know there's a scripture in the Bible that says, don't grow weary in well-doing. But you know what God's prophetic word to you is this morning? Don't grow weary reaching. Just because you haven't seen it yet doesn't, does not mean it's not your portion. Sometimes God will allow, because the Bible says that she for 12 years was bleeding. There's no answers. Sometimes God will allow you to run out of human resources so that he can get the credit. Joel, this is, this is what I thought about. Sometimes God will allow you to show you. He teaches you in many different ways. Sometimes he teaches you through the Bible. 
that's the ultimate, so you don't have to go through pain. Sometimes if you can't hear or you don't have a discipline to read the word, you won't learn that way. He'll teach you through pain. Some of you folks who have had dysfunctional relationships know exactly what I'm talking about. He will teach you through pain. But, but other times, God's ultimate will is to teach you through his word. Say his word. And there, there are other times, if you can't hear, he'll get your attention through circumstances. So, so this lady, you know what I found out? For 12 years, I'm like, Lord, why didn't you come through for this lady? He was teaching her that people were not the answer to the miracle that she needed. Some of us think that, not that people cannot be God's extension, but they're not your ultimate. When we go through something, we call people. I've been there. I've done that. Sometimes I still do it. But, but sometimes God will show you. For this lady, 12 years, disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. Now notice, it didn't say, uh, it, said, it said that physicians were disappointing her. She gave all that she had. And yet, rather grew worse. Somebody say, don't get tired of reaching. So here's, I said all that to say, I use that as some framework. I want to I preach this message called, don't stop reaching. Everybody say, don't stop reaching. In order for me to really drive this home, and I'm going to do this for the next few minutes. Um, I, I want to, first and number one, I want to I teach you about the principle of pursuit. We were talking about keys earlier. There's a principle in pursuit. Okay, I want that to stick with you. Say principle. Of pursuit. She was pursuing him. There's a principle in pursuing, okay? There's no doubt in my mind that, that, that God pursued us before we ever pursued him, okay? There, there's scriptural references to that, and I'll give those in just a moment. First and foremost, this is very elementary, very basic ABC gospel stuff, but it might be important or needed for somebody's ears this morning because there's a scripture in John uh, chapter 3, Verse 16, very famous portion of scripture. And that's where it says that God sent Jesus to the earth. Okay? So in other words, he, he left his heavenly home to come dwell to his people. He pursued us. Say, he pursued me. Whether you knew it or not, God is pursuing you this morning. Whether you feel it or not, God is pursuing you. He's using his word this morning to awaken and cause a glimmer in your heart to shine again because he wants to show you that he's pursuing you. He brought you here. You thought you just made it up in your own mind to get here when you don't even realize it was the Holy Spirit saying, you better go this morning, guy. You better go this morning, girl. Come on. It's the Holy Spirit that motivated your heart because he's pursuing you. He has something for you. So God clearly stepped out of eternity into time to demonstrate his love by pursuing us first. He made the first step like any good gentleman would in a relationship. He made the first move. Say he made the first move. And that's according to John chapter 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's obvious that God made the first move in pursuing his creation. Okay, so he, he was pursuing. I'm trying to draw a correlation because in this story, Jesus isn't pursuing her. You understand? But, but in Romans chapter five, verse eight, God's still pursuing his creation because it says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us. And while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So, so God didn't wait for us to love him first before he demonstrated his ultimate love for us. Okay, so God is demonstrating his love all throughout scripture. And we see at the very beginning of Jesus's ministry that he is the one who goes to the disciples first. I need you guys to pay attention. Don't fall asleep on me. I'm going somewhere. Everybody say, pastor's going somewhere. He went to the disciples first. He went to the Sea of Galilee. He's looking for leaders. He was looking for his disciples. He's looking for his apostles Okay, so God does it on a grand scale by coming to the earth to uh, beckon his bride, call them to himself. He's doing it in his own ministry, Jesus in the flesh, calling his disciples to himself. Everybody following me? And, and when it came to him ministering to people in his ministry, he was doing healings, signs, and wonders. Watch the first few chapters of every gospel. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Everybody know that? They're called the synoptic gospels. In other words, it is a, uh, a story that the disciples experience from different sides of the room, okay? Same thing was happening just from different perspectives. Say the synoptic gospels. 
Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. There's only one of them. There's only three synoptics. The fourth one is actually from John's perspective a little bit different, but that's kind of theological talk. But if you read all four gospels, you're going to see that those first few chapters, Jesus is going after people. It's kind of a hook, line, and sinker. But as the chapters progress, he stops pursuing people and he starts making it hard for himself to find. (laughs) This is about to get so good because I'm about to show you a side of God that you may have never seen before. Because you know why we get frustrated with God? Because we come here and we expect him to pursue us. And he does, and there are times for that. Like for me, do you know where God found me? Underneath a wheelbarrow with a helicopter flying over my head. Don't tell anyone, this is a big secret. It looks, looks they're squinting. Some people are actually squinting right now, like, what? You didn't tell me that. Yes, I used to be a heathen until I had an encounter with the Lord. So he pursued me first. And man, that first year, Joseph was awesome. I could wake up in the morning and I would feel the Lord's presence almost immediately. When I first got saved, I would break open the Bible and start weeping. I would start crying. My heart would be so moved. Jane remembers me as a kid. I would just, they would, I used to work for my friends, uh, uh, Dean and Jane. Sounds like a song. You know that song? It's my brother from another mother. They would, they would come on the, on the job. Well, Dean and, and some of the, the workers, they would come up to the job. And, and during lunchtime, they couldn't find me anywhere. And I would never leave. And I would be in my van. And I would just be reading the Bible for 30 minutes. I'm talking about for years. I'm not talking about for one year. Years and years. But then something began to happen. When God wouldn't be so easily found by me. It's like something shifts. It's almost like he drifted. And it's kind of like correlates with this story. It does correlate with our personal stories because does anybody, anybody ever felt that when you first got saved, Jesus was easy to find? But then all of a sudden, it almost seems like with this woman with the issue of blood, he's no longer looking at you, but he's making you go after him. In other words, five minutes used to work in prayer with him, and now it takes you about 15 minutes. Where it used to be easy, where you could put Tasha Cobbs on or Hillsong on, and you would get right into the heavenlies immediately. Now you need about three or four songs. Is that just me? It's, it's not because God doesn't love you, but he's trying to mature you and give you stamina in pursuing him. He's building your stamina. And so we come to a place in our, as we're maturing where God says, it's going to take more than just an hour for me to accomplish what I need to accomplish in your heart in these services. Because what I have for you, it cannot be accomplished in an hour. I need your time. I need time to work on your heart. I need some time to impart some giftings because what I have for you, the calling that I have upon your life is not a wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. I'm going to send you out. I need to do a work. I need to do a surgery in you. So I need you to spend some time in my word. I need you to spend some time in my presence. I need you to worship me. Come on, somebody say amen. I know we don't get a whole lot of amens because that requires us to do something, to shed the flesh off and to stop looking at the time clock. I said to my friend the other day, I said, I said, if people would stop looking at the clock so much, they might just receive their miracle. But if you're looking like this the whole time, And this is, listen, thank you, Holy Spirit. If when she was attempting to pursue Jesus, I'm going to touch him. I'm going to get healed. If she would have kept looking at that clock, she would have missed her healing. Most people miss it because of that demonic clock. Oh, I know I ain't going to get too many amens. Maybe, yeah, hallelujah. I won't go there. Praise Jesus. Somebody say reach. Reach. Say no longer longer. am I going to allow my reach to be hindered. Amen. 
And if you really think about it, I just want to get back to this. If you really, if you really think about this, this kind of looks like when God rescued you and your, and your stuff. I know when he rescued me, I was underneath a wheelbarrow and there was all kind of cops. It looked like a high-speed chase like you see on TV. No, I never went to jail. God was sovereign, wiped it all out. But for some of you, he stepped. See, he went after me. I didn't go after him. But for some of you, he found you in your despair. For some of you, he found you in your homelessness, in the woods. For some of you, he found you in your drug addiction. For others of you, he found you in your sin. For others of you, he found you in your sickness. And some others, he found you in your divorce. He was the first one to take the step. Some of you, don't preach, don't shout me down now. Some of you, he found you in your promiscuity. He let you see how empty that life is and real true intimacy and wholeness only comes from relationship with Jesus Christ himself. Some, some of you he found in your loneliness. Some of you he stepped out and went after you in your atheism. atheism. How, do you, how do you say that? A- atheism. That was, that was a tough one. Some of you he found in your religiosity. He went to you first. But something happened to us not long after, it seems as if Jesus begins to drift from our lives as if he has forgotten us, but he hasn't forgotten you this morning. He has not forgotten you. He knows where you live. He knows where your address is. And it's not that he doesn't want to do the miracle in your life. It's not that he doesn't want to move on your behalf. You know what he's wanting you to do? Guess. Reach. Whatever it costs, in your depression. I know it's hard. Through your divorce, through the pain, I know know your knees are aching. I know your arm is hurting. I know your heart's hurting. I know your pocket is hurting. I know your bank account is hurting. I know they betrayed you and they said that they were lovers of Christ, yet they still betrayed you. She spent all of her livelihood. Everybody disappointed her, but she didn't stop reaching. Jesus has the answer. Here's the question. Do you have the reach? Do you still have another reach in you? You've been waiting so long to pastor. Seemed like doors kept closing. The door of your calling kept closing. Reach. Keep reaching. It's not over. Keep reaching. Come on, somebody say that with me. Get excited. I know that was a serious moment. Say, it's not over for me. I just have to keep reaching. Come on, is anybody getting anything out of this? I want to build a little bit more. I want to go just a little bit longer. I want to give you a couple of examples of, of how Jesus progressively with, began to withdraw and not be so accessible. As you've seen, Jesus would show up to people in the Bible and he would just heal them. And then the scene kind of changes where they begin to have to bring people to him. Do you see the progressiveness? I've never looked at it that way, James, but there's this progressiveness in Jesus' ministry. In other words, he shows up and says, hey, I have the answer. And he almost runs because he wants to see if they'll pursue Come on, some of you females have done that with gentlemen before. You know, you show up all pretty and you're like, I ain't calling him. He better call me. Come on, you've never done that before? Everybody gets the concept. You kind of you present this, you know, package and then you want to know that they're wanting to pursue you. And we do that, us guys, in, when it comes to our job. Because like, we want to be validated. There's something in us that that has a desire to be validated, a need to be needed. And that's in every human heart. There is a need, an innate need to be needed. And God doesn't have any physical needs. But can I share you a little secret with about Jesus? He wants to be wanted. He wants to be pursued. So this lady got it. And so even when it doesn't seem like God pursues you, I want to give you a secret. Keep reaching and keep pursuing him because the miracle is in your reach and it's within your reach. 
Amen? So let me give you these couple of quick examples. There's this lame man. Remember, Jesus is showing up on the scene healing people, and then it progresses to a lame man. His friends have to climb up on a roof, cut the rooftop out, and lower him down just to get a healing because now they've got to fight for what they believe God has said. God's not just handing it to them anymore. Do you see that? Now there's people being forced to travel to find where he's preaching just to get healed Come on, like taking boats across the Sea of Galilee, which is a seven-mile lake, really, but it's a, it's a sea. They're having to work for it now because God's calling them to a place of maturity. In other words, he's saying, I'm not going to just hand this to you. Show me how badly you want it by your reach. Zacchaeus has to climb a tree. Jesus isn't just showing up on people's doorstep. Now he's climbing trees. He's getting out of his comfort zone in order to get what he knows God has for him. In this case, it was forgiveness. Blind men have to scream at the top of their lungs, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Breaking up crowds, messing up church services on Sunday morning just to get his healing. And now this is a good one. There's a woman. Now imagine if pastor did this. There's a woman who has a daughter. Let me just read it to you. Matthew chapter 15 in verse 23 through 28. I don't know if it'll be up on the screen. It says, but he, he answered her. She's asking for him to heal her grievously vexed, and I quote, daughter. Say she had a demon. Her daughter had a demon and, and she comes to Jesus, Pastor Jesus. He's pastor, apostle, and son of God. Oh, we know all of that. But he was functioning kind of as a pastor in that moment. And here's, here's, here's what the Bible says. So she's crying out after him, throwing herself on the ground. And the Bible says that but he answered her not a word. You know what he was testing? Come on. What was he testing? He was testing her reach. I want that to stick in your head. He was testing her reach. He didn't answer her a word. Imagine if you come up to me after service. Pastor Donnie, can you pray for me? And I walk away from you. You will reach back in the offering bucket and take back that welcome card. You'll scratch it out. You'll ball it up and throw I ain't never going to that church. He answered her not a word. And his disciples even, they're, they're even bigger, you know, uh, well, I, I wasn't, they're even bigger of a, they're even a bigger problem. They, they urge him and they say, send her away. She cries out after us. First of all, bro, they're not, she's not talking to you. They're not, she's not crying after you. She's crying out after the Messiah because you can't help them, her or her situation. And he says this to her, but he answered and said to her, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And then she came and worshiped him. She, she upped the antes. She bowed down. She's getting it. She's doing what? She's reaching. Even when she's being denied, she's still reaching. Even when he's turning her back, Pastor Jesus, why are you turning your back? And she gets this, I'm not going to be offended because I need this miracle so badly, I'm going to, look, if my voice isn't going to reach you, I'm going to allow my hand to reach out to you. I'm going to allow my faith to move you. Since my words aren't moving you, oh, you, you got to get that this morning. I don't even have that in my notes, but that's so good. Take me a note so I can remember that one. If, if my words, does it feel like some of your words are reaching him? I can, I can look over this crowd right now and I can almost guarantee you that there are prayers that you've been praying that you feel hasn't moved him. I'm the only, I'm a pastor, I'm gonna admit it. There are times when I'm praying for certain situations in my life to move Mike and they're not reaching him. So maybe it's not your words that are gonna move him. Maybe it's your reach. Maybe it's your faith. Maybe it's you pressing past that disappointment. And even though she's still reaching, watch what he says to her. I couldn't even believe he said this. Pastor Jesus, he says, I was not 
sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And then she came to worship him saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, oh, Lord, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. See, I used to raise pit bulls. And I know we, Lord, should I say this? This might be coarse jesting, but I'm just telling you the way it is. You know, you, we had a dog that was a female. And do you know what a female dog is? He was calling her a name. He was degrading her to a degree. But I don't think it's because he wanted to disrespect her. He wanted to provoke her faith. Sometimes God doesn't answer you because he's trying to provoke you to reach. So every Sunday morning that I've been showing up, do you know I've been in here with two people in the room on Sunday mornings? You ask my wife, I preached it as if this place were packed. I still, I see it full. I don't see 50 people or whatever. I don't see it. But the thing is, I'm not reaching after y'all. That's why I keep showing up. I love you. That's why I don't turn around one time to see who's behind me because I'm, I'm reaching. I'm reaching. I'm not reaching to the other people who are in the crowd. You, you see that? When she was in that crowd, the Bible doesn't descri- describe her touching other people. Can you help me get to Jesus? She's going after Jesus because he was the answer to her miracle. Amen. Does that help some of you? Lastly, I want you to stand to your feet. I hope hope you're receiving something this morning. I'm going to read this. I want you to to do this. I want want you to think imagery in your mind. Can Can you use your holy imagination? All of us are reaching right now. All of us are reaching to something. Some people, because of despair, they're reaching for whatever it, whatever it might be. Somebody are reaching for the covers to pull over their head because they don't want to get out of bed. I'm not talking about just coming to Sunday morning. I'm talking about that level of despair that they're experiencing. Some people are reaching for, I mean, I don't know what they call it these days, antidepressants. Some people are reaching to food for comfort. Some people are reaching to drugs. Some people are reaching to alcohol. Some, some people reach for sex. There's no children in the room. Some people reach for ministry. And they find their identity there. I know I did. Because they want to be validated. Somebody reach, some people reach for success. Some people reach to Instagram for a like. It sure is quiet in the Presbyterian church. But, but here's, here's, here's my challenge to everybody in this room. I want you to do this. So we're all reaching. Say, we're all reaching. You who are watching on live stream, we're all reaching. I want to provoke you today to redirect your reach. You see? Redirect. Whether you think you're reaching for something or not, redirect your reach. If it's not working, redirect. Say this, Lord, help me to redirect my reach. After 12 years of bleeding, This lady still didn't give up. 12 years. She finally caught the revelation. Maybe this miracle isn't going to come by the hands of a physician. If you found it yet, I I, I thought, I thought this, I thought being in business was going to make me happy. But the Lord has caused me over all these years to redirect my reach. I know you feel the same way. 
some people spend a lifetime reaching. I don't want you to do that. I don't want to do that. Spend our time reaching for things that do not bring the answer. We have to redirect. Say we have to redirect. I thought to myself when I was reading this, why in the world would you leave her bleeding so long? I pray for some of you. I know for some of you are going through insurmountable things, tough things. And sometimes I pray for you and I'm like, I know I'm speaking symbolically, but I'm like, Lord, why are you letting them bleed so long? Why, why does this sickness persist? Man, they've been in trouble in this situation for so many years. Why are you letting them bleed so long? And, and, you, and, you, and you know what the Lord said to me kind of through this verse? Like He's like, I wanted, I wanted to heal her all along. You know the Lord wants to heal you all along, right? And when I say healing, I don't mean just physical. It may not be physical. It might be emotional for you. It might be something in your soul. It might be something that happened to you as a little girl or a little boy. Whatever that thing is that you needed. You know what Jesus said to me? He said, I wanted to heal her all along. And I believe for you, sir, teenager, children, mom, dad, wife, Jesus wants to heal you all along. He would have healed this woman a lot earlier if she would have redirected her reach. It's all about redirecting your reach. Because soon as she stopped reaching to the physicians, she stopped reaching to her other resources that she thought would be the answer. Jesus healed her. Which brings me to this last thing. Make sure you're reaching for the right person. I'm not talking about relationships on earth. Wherever you need an answer. Rick has taught me this. He has taught me a lot about intimacy with Jesus. He used to deal with me a lot about finding validation in ministry and all these things. He's, you can't find your identity there. He, basically, in essence, you were preaching this sermon a long time ago. You were saying, Donnie, redirect your reach. Because when you get Jesus, am I one of those preachers that say, it's, there's got to be more. It's got to be Jesus and this got to be lots of social media and Jesus that's going to make this church work. No. Just Jesus. You know what's going to make that marriage work? That relationship? Straighten out those finances? All that. I'm one of those preachers who are going to tell you, yes, Jesus can straighten all that out if you will straighten your arm and reach to the right person. Jesus. Jesus. I didn't have to go. I believe in 12 steps. But for me, for me personally, I took one. I didn't, you know, God didn't make me spin my wheels for too long. I didn't have to go through steps. I went through a reach. Just one reach. Just one reach to touch him. And I touched the hem of his garment and instantaneous. And I know it's not for everybody. Sometimes there's layers and things like that. But ultimately, Jesus is who you want to reach to. And your breakthrough this morning is hinged on who you reach to. Isn't it true? Now a certain woman had an issue of blood for 12 years and suffered many things. From many physicians, she had spent all that she had and grew no better, but rather grew worse. Stop reaching to people, places, and things that cannot help you. Amen? Redirect your reach. How do you reach? Somebody asked me so I can answer. You say, how do you reach? It's very simple. Sometimes you reach just by looking up. Sometimes you reach by just reaching out to him. Sometimes reaching might mean getting on your face and praying and seeking the Lord. Sometimes reaching for you might be just confessing the word of God. 
There's different keys to reaching. I think I've driven that home this morning. And if it hasn't worked, sometimes reaching is sowing some seed, whatever that looks like. That might not look like money. Maybe it is, but maybe it's your time. Maybe meeting some needs that someone has or a church or a friend, maybe that's reaching for you because once you're reaching out, the Bible says that not are you doing it to them, you're doing it to Jesus, right? When you're clothing the naked or feeding the hungry or doing something nice for someone, going out of the way, that's a form of reaching to Jesus. And when, listen to this, when you meet someone else's need, this is another key today. When you meet somebody else's need, God will meet yours. That's a key. If you have need, sow a seed. Sometimes it's time. Amen. I want to say these last two quick things. I don't want to be extremely laborious. You know what I've learned these past three and a half years, Rick? That my reaching has changed me. That's what reaching will do. It'll ch- it will change your situation. If you reach long enough, it changes you. It, when you don't see answers and you keep reaching and you keep pressing and pursuing, God does something in you. When, when you're in situations that force you to reach, it changes your mind. It changes your perspective. It changes your reality. Even if physically things don't change, your heart will change in your reach, reaching out to Him. You know what's so impactful about this? And I close now, and I'll pray for you. Is that you know how Jesus, can I just read it? Just bear with me one moment. Thank you. The Bible said, Jesus said, he perceived that power had gone out from him and turned around to the crowd and said, who did touch my clothes? is so profound and he looked around to see her who had done this thing the the disciples the disciples basically said to Jesus do you not see the multitudes thronging you everybody is touching you and he said no somebody touched me you can be around Jesus and touching him but he can discern different levels of reach He can can discern the different depths. Other people were touching him, but not everybody was moving him. Do you you catch that? Other people are thronging him. They're in a crowd. Why weren't other people getting healed? Because their reach didn't touch him. Her reach touched him. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope this message impacted you today. If you'd like to support Ascension Christian Center, simply go to ascensionchristiancenter.com and click the gift tab or text ACCFL to 77977. Interested in hearing more? Check back weekly for new messages. Have a great day.